it's all very well talking about being real, showing up real, having authentic conversations online and offline, but hey, could we do with a few tips on how? Yes, we could. Hello, I'm Trisha Lewis. This is the Make It Real podcast, and I will be talking to very real people who've had very real experience, mistakes and everything, and they will be giving you those tips. So, stay tuned. Listeners, um, I'm going to have to resist being very self-indulgent in this episode because I'm talking to a fellow actor and you know what we're like. We could just go on blabbering on and forget there were any listeners, but I'm not going to do that because we've got some incredibly, incredibly good insights and practical actions and all sorts of myth-busting around the topic of... um, well, I'm not going to say anymore. I'm just going to introduce my guest. Okay. Fortunately, he's going to tell you what his surname is. His first name is Nick. Hi, Nick. <laughs> Hi, Trisha. <laughs> well, well, my surname is Vyakanastasis. And it's fine if you can't pronounce that. I don't take it personally. Um, most Greek people can't either. So that's fine. Just call me Nick. It's fine. Just call me Nick. I love that. Um, tell the listeners well I I love what you put on your LinkedIn few lines which is Mm. um introverts ace your public speaking through technique exclamation mark and we will be talking about that big time the introvert mentor so we've got a lot of interesting insights about the whole topic of introvert um and I also love this is where I'm going to ask you to give us a bit of a run in with your story, how you got to where you are, because I love the fact mm. that you say, and you say this, I'm not saying this, that you used to um, have the people skills and charm of a wet potato. I love that. Well, yeah, I think that's quite accurate. <laughs> so how, so how did you evolve? How did you evolve? Where, 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 oh. where were you born for a start? Yeah, so I was born on an island called Kos in Greece. So it's a small island in the southeast that is, yeah, <laughs> that is quite popular with the tourists. It's summer about six months a year, so I can't complain. Yeah. How and far back do you want me to go with yeah, the whole, how it, did I get when, here? When, do you remember being in the womb? No, seriously, Nick. <laughs> um, go to, so you, you obviously did various little jobs, as we all do, as we're, yeah. as we're growing up into mm. um, adulthood, etc., And then you went to acting school. Yeah, I did. I mean, originally what I did is I studied English language and literature at university because at that point in my life, when I was graduating high school, I had no clue what I wanted to do with my life, to be honest. (laughs) And everybody was pressuring me, you know, you need to go to university, you need to get a degree because otherwise you will fail in life, all that yada yada. So I did that. Um, So I'm a former linguist turned actor turned coach, I guess. You can look at it this way. And I didn't really enjoy it. I mean, I love languages and I'm multilingual, but it's not really something that I wanted to do for a living. So after that, after my language studies, I, was, I still had no clue what I wanted to do with my life. I was like, hmm, okay. So I picked up some skills that I don't plan on actually using. <laughs> um, and then I just randomly, randomly, it's just one of those serendipity moments. I was just browsing stuff online about anything and everything because I thought, where am I going with my life? I don't want to be a, a teacher or a translator. I don't want to be a linguist of any kind. And then I just randomly came across an introduction to acting course at 
East 15, which is one of the big drama schools here in the UK, for the listeners outside of UK <laughs> watching. And I was like, hey, I've always been creative. I'm, I mean, I've always been good at singing or painting or drawing or not. Let's just give this a shot and see how it goes. And I think it was either a two or a three week course. Yeah, in the summer. And I came here and it just felt amazing. It felt completely natural. I mean, by week two, I'd honestly forgotten that I had a life before that. I was like, oh yeah, as if I'd always, like for the first 21 years of my life, as if I'd always kind of woken up in the morning and did two hours of singing and two hours of dancing <laughs> every morning. It, it felt like I just found my purpose and I found somewhere I belonged. That was the first time in my life that I felt that way. And I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. I found my calling. This is what I'm going to do. So when that course finished, I auditioned uh, to get into their actual BA and somehow, apparently not my words, their words, somehow they found that I had a lot of latent talent. So it was like 21, 22. So they took me straight into the master's uh, degree instead of the bachelor's degree. So kind of my training was fast tracked. <laughs> I did a year sort of in between the summer course and the addition where I did um, the first year of a BA at a drama school in Greece. So I got some pre-training there and then, yeah. And I was like, and, you know, not because I've been accepted. I'm just going to skip straight to the master's degree in England. <laughs> That's when I moved here. Um, and then I did that. And that was, I had so many revelations professionally and personally on that course because it was super intense and intensive. But then by the end of it, I wasn't actually sure if I wanted to be an actor at that point. I was like, I think I'm discovering that. I might have been using acting instead of going to a shrink. <laughs> I think I've been using <laughs> acting as sort of in lieu for therapy. Like Welcome some people, my world. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> you know, some people do drugs, some people become compulsive shoppers. I was like, I think my way of coping with the life that I hated and my need to escape was pretending to be somebody else. <laughs> it was completely oh ridiculous. <laughs> It's not ridiculous. So we may it's a huh. lot healthier than drugs. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I think I think acting has a higher survival rate than cocaine, so that was good. But yeah. Oh, I love it. But all along the way, what we've got is this really interesting thing. Now, uh, people people are confused when you uh, mm. when you say you know. I mean, I would say, oh, I was really painfully shy. Bloody bloody blah. blah, blah. And they I say, oh, I don't get it. How do you get and stand up on a stage? And, and you, of course, are self-identifying, we say that now, mm. as, <laughs> as an yeah. introvert. You know, um, let, number one, yeah. let's, let's just pick apart um, in a very yeah. basic way. We've got mm. shy, we've got um, introvert, and we've got yeah. probably things like low self-esteem. And they're, they're all yeah. kind of... Ooh muddled up aren't they and and they're not yeah, yeah, they're yeah. not the same they're not i mean there's some um to use a medical term comorbid <laughs> factor there i mean if you have one there's there's a good chance that you have the other ones but i mean one of them is not a conditionary problem introversion it's just how you're wired naturally the other two are issues that that ideally you know could be resolved if you want to have a life of the best quality um, yeah, I love zooming in on those words because they were just so muddled and so confused. And just as you said, I get that a lot of the time, like you an introvert, what? No, no way. But you're good with people. Like you're good. You know, you can get up in front of an audience of hundreds or in front of a camera and chit chat. I'm like, that's a skill. That's not a trait. It's not who I am. It's something that I do. 
it's not really the same. <laughs> it's like saying, you're a good cook, but I've never seen you cook. It's like, what does that have to do with anything? <laughs> that doesn't mean that I cook 24-7. It's a skill exactly. that you switch on and off. Exactly, which of course is why it should be very reassuring for people because yeah. that, that is proof. And I also am proof mm. that this is something just like learning to ride a bike and everything else that we learn yeah. in life. This is a skill that you bit by bit by bit by bit, you learn, you develop, you learn, you, you fall off, you get back on again, you learn <laughs> yeah. some new techniques and on it goes, it gets embedded and it becomes something you uh, master. And I quite like yeah. that word mastery because it it implies you know you've been learning for a long time yeah. and yeah and so all those people out there who have dismissed this idea of doing certain things because they're not that kind of person yeah um, i mean of, of course know. like any like any skill there are people who have a natural affinity for it there are people who just they open their mouth at five years old and they sound amazing. And there are people who need to get singing training to sound like that. And it's the same with lifting weights, losing weight, gaining weight, running fast, you know, aiming well, like I cannot aim to save my life, for example. But I guess if I put in the hours, eventually I'd learn to be able to actually shoot a target or an arrow or something. It's just not important enough for me to put in the time to learn that. Cause like my quality of life is not affected by my inability to hit a target. Yeah. Um, so it's the same thing. If it's important to you and you put in the work, you can absolutely improve. But there you see, you've touched on when you say your quality of life isn't affected by, it's not important enough to I absolutely yeah, yeah. agree. I'm not going to suddenly learn how to, you know, play rugby or something. Um, yeah. But I, <laughs> I don't know why I chose that example. That is absurd. Anyway, I, that's the thing, isn't it? Because the introvert who is, yeah, number one, brilliant, absolutely. You are not, as you say on your thing, an alien species or a freak out weirdo by being an introvert. Um, <laughs> yeah. I have an eye in my in my sort of um, setup. Myers well. Briggs, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And people, I honestly, somebody actually had an argument with me that I couldn't possibly. I thought, crying out loud, I know myself better than you know. Yeah, me. thank you very much. Thank you. Um, so don't so don't get bullied by people. Um, number one, mm. but also. Um, this is the this is the crux. If you're in business, mm. um, you will be missing a whole bundle of delicious treats in yeah. terms of getting out there, visible, thought leadership stuff, you know, and getting clients. If you are if you are holding back from this public mm. speaking malarkey, so so it will affect malarkey. Yeah, yeah. it will affect. Absolutely. You. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, it's it's all. I don't know if it's all about whom you know, but it's, you know, to a large extent about whom you know, and you're not going to get to know people if you don't put yourself out there and if you don't learn how to engage with an audience. And if you, if you don't learn to do it as you, not showing up as some kind of caricature version of what you think people might want to see. So, it, it, you know, public speaking has definitely, the skills that I picked up at drama school had so much more transferability than I actually expected. You know, after yes. that, I'm like, hey, drama school is an amazing investment if you want to have a career in anything but performing <laughs> 100 percent absolutely <laughs> yeah. absolutely um i yeah. want to therefore dig down into the idea of um technique and right we, we'll there's two things there's the 
oh, you just need to build your confidence. Mm. Um, fake it till you make it. Just keep getting uh, up on the stage. Yeah. Blah, 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 blah. Stand like, you know, or all the very silly techniques, like stand like this, exactly like this, and everything will be fine. You'll look confident and all that yeah. crap and Am I allowed to say that on a podcast? It's my podcast, who cares? Words and yeah. <laughs> All that advice. I mean, honestly, any mm. introverts out there who start Googling, you know, how do I mm. become, they might put, here's a Google um, role play, how do I become yeah. a confident speaker? Okay. Yeah. And then all sorts of, well. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. That's already, personally, I think that's already approaching it the wrong way. How do I become a confident speaker? Because public speaking, you need to clarify about why you're actually showing up on whatever that platform is. Are you showing up to feel good about yourself? <laughs> or are you showing up to serve other people? Because public speaking or performing, to the largest extent, it is about serving other people. You need to bear in mind that you show up for somebody else. You show up because you want to share, communicate, transmit, transfer, whatever you want to call it. Um, something important that's going to help other people. So harsh truth, no one's benefiting from you showing up and navel gazing. It's like, oh my God, look at me feeling all those feelings. <laughs> Nobody cares. <laughs> it doesn't affect them. It affects them if you can transmit the knowledge, the information, whatever you want to give these people. So if you approach it from the perspective of how do I feel X while public speaking, you've already kind of lost the, you're on the wrong trajectory, basically. It's like you need to be a good public speaker, not a confident one or a whatever one. This is for you. Your feelings are between you and yourself. You know, your audience cannot peep inside your head and see what you're feeling. All they get is what you transmit. So it's about becoming an effective, because good sounds a bit judgmental. Let's call it effective, uh, powerful, potent public speaker, which means you can get across the things that you need to gift your audience because you're showing up in service of the other which is what they kept pounding into our head at drama school. It's like the end, they, they would not call it the audience they would because they were a bit more esoteric as you know, kind of artsy fartsy circles tend to be. It's like the end user, think of your end user, Nick. This is not for you. It's not about you. Like all that stuff, I just kept getting yelled at until it finally clicked. I was like, right, it isn't about me because I can navel gaze on my own time. <laughs> but when there's an audience involved, I better kind of give them something. Does yeah, and, uh, uh, 100%. And that's the thing. The other thing later. that I, well, I get very ranty. I, I, well, I, you know, I should be maybe more ranty when people, you know, when, you know, when you say, you know, I'm an actor, and then the person you've said it to does that kind of fake um, ancient Shakespearean pose with the sort of oh. hand on the forehead and some, oh, darling, they do that. Yeah. And, and you, you kind of want to hit them, but obviously you restrain because we're not violent people but um it what they're basically implying is that acting mm. is all about actors are all about getting me, up me. and showing off you know yeah and um i mean about it's them. not that it's not that this breed doesn't exist but the good <laughs> ones the ones that actually as we said transmit and communicate and give the audience something um, yeah, they're not there in it for themselves, or at least certainly not exclusively for themselves, or even primarily for themselves. Because you and should a, want to, yeah. to give look, something to other people. And of course that... Whether you're acting or public speaking. Yes, yes. And, and of course that is, that is clue number one in terms mm. of 
not feeling so freaked out about it because I'm all, constantly banging on about get get out of your head and not on drugs yeah. get out of your head get out of your head because for me that was the absolute magic moment and I think mm. that's why I enjoyed acting so much was because mm. I was so self-conscious like Mm. painfully self-conscious wouldn't go out for more than two minutes without looking in a mirror um what was everybody thinking of me you know are people probably talking about me when i leave the room oh crying out loud um (laughs) so that moment when i realized how beautiful and relaxing it felt when Mm. acting when you're in the flow and you're actually not obsessing in your own head and then Mm. i realized later on in normal everyday life how great it was when instead of panicking about what you were going to have a conversation about with somebody in a social situation like a networking thing but you simply just took yourself nicely beautifully into the present moment and you listened and you asked questions and you're curious and all those things that take you out Mm. of your head but also connected to your body there's sort of it's not like you're out of your head and kind of floating around in space (laughs) but you know that lovely just lovely connected flowing feeling that you that you do get when you when you're acting or you should if you're a good actor as you so rightly say not everyone is so so we've got that um as a great starting point show up for the end user you know it's not it's not about you i mean if you check because recently an acquaintance of mine said oh you know i'm delivering a speech uh, about like they're not an actor they're a translator i'm delivering a speech at a conference whatnot and i was like i can you know i was like oh i can give you some coaching they were like no no no, i'm reading a book on it i was like here's the thing most books i'm not knocking all books but if you check amazon and whatnot like all the top reviews pretty much all of them are about how to become a confident public speaker. And the reviews are like, oh my God, after reading this book, I became so much more confident. I'm like, did you become better? Because <laughs> that's a that's a key part. Not did you become more confident? Your your audience does not benefit from that. Oh my God. Yeah, don't that. even get me started. I love no, well, I have got you started. Um we'll come we'll we'll, we'll yeah. come back for a, a future episode. Right. So let's therefore talk about so I so I talk to to clients about really Mm. feeling at one with their content because you know to to me the more enthused you are and the more you get what you're talking about and you're quite Mm. you're quite keen to share it because you know that all of that again gets you out of your head um Mm. so no you know so if you're wobbly with your content oh i'm not going to remember what i what i have to say well actually you kind of will if you have spent time really mm. working on that kind of but that's that's a technique that i took but you've got some really very specific techniques i would oh, yeah. imagine that you yeah. picked up in your massively fabulous training and yeah and just in life so so give us some Ooh. <laughs> just, just like that just Go. give us some nick go on right. give us some. yeah well um the breath is kind of the anchor of everything so we usually start from there because almost everybody breathes incorrectly unless they have trained in acting or singing, presumably maybe some sport, I guess, because that would give them the breath control. So most people are sitting or standing incorrectly and breathing incorrectly. So if, if that, it, that's the base of everything. So if that one is off, it kind of tilts, it's like a domino, it kind of tilts everything in the wrong direction. It makes everything so much harder than it needs to be. So right now, for example, when I upload those videos where I show people diaphragmatic breathing, 
which is the diaphragm just bullet points is a muscle that is right under your rib cage where it ends so if you do that diaphragmatic breathing it's early <laughs> and you breathe deep into your belly and it expands like a balloon i mean that is the natural way that we're actually supposed to breathe if you watch babies where they haven't unlearned that yet that's how they actually breathe which means that mother nature knew better so she gave us that and then we kind of unlearn it due to bad habits, physical or anxiety, or I don't even know other things in life. So at drama school, pretty much all of us had to relearn that from scratch. And at the beginning, it felt so uncomfortable to breathe and not have your chest and your shoulders move all that much and have your belly expand and contract. But that gives you, it gives you more oxygen. It gives you more control. Because I mean, there's not really much muscle that you can use in your in your chest and whatnot <laughs> the muscles are in your core so that that th those are the parts that you can move at will and you can control what happens to your airflow there's not much you can do <laughs> in your chest area you just have lungs and that's it so you take in deep breaths into your diaphragm you want your belly expand and you slowly breathe out ideally you breathe in in a, you breathe in a circular pattern, which means you breathe in through your nose and you exhale through your mouth. And then on top of people not breathing and with a correct placement, let's call it, they usually also breathe too quickly. So it's like, <laughs> like that. It's like, well, your body hasn't really had a chance to really absorb much of the oxygen or whatnot <laughs> if you just kind of shoot it straight out. So that is the key. I mean, when people drop into their sort of, breath into their core and they start engaging that area wonders happen i mean you stop straining your voice you stop running out of breath so quickly it even helps i mean there is a reason why so many different um philosophies and traditions from around the world practice diaphragmatic breathing you know when i post these um videos sometimes people show up and say oh i used to do yoga and they taught us something similar i'm like yeah because human bodies are the same <laughs> around the world <laughs> that's how it works or some people are like, do you have to breathe like this all the time? How long do you have to breathe like this for? I'm like, forever, <laughs> ideally. It's just in the beginning, it's unnatural, but then it becomes, your body will remember it ideally at some point. So it's not, I mean, I breathe like this pretty much all of the time, unless I guess I'm really stressed in that moment. And then I have to consciously remember to do it. But like 95% of the time, and probably you the same, we breathe this way because at this point it's, it's, muscle memory it happens automatically nobody has to remind me like hey stop breathing into your chest but yeah so that is a key technique once you get the breath under control and everything else kind of dominoes from that because how are you going to control your voice if your breath if you're breathing and your airflow and your control over because what is the voice i mean it involves air so if that element is off it's kind of like a mathematical equation. You know, you multiply it by X. If X is crap, then the result is going to be crap as well, regardless of what the other variables are. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, lo I lost my voice for a couple of weeks recently, but then I had, yeah. to, I had to deliver something. I just had to. And mm. it was like day one after getting my voice back. So it was, I was really nervy about whether it was going to stick, whether it was going to stay mm. with me. Um, and... I, I absolutely consciously consciously did the diaphragm yeah breathing diaphragm um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because for the simple reason that you've just said that was therefore giving it all the support that I could mm. possibly give it mm. without straining it up here which would have 
made it much more likely that it would have given up again uh, or, yeah, or, yeah. or you know so i didn't i didn't shout i didn't try and push and force um mm. and and that's how i sort of protected it but people get funny about voices don't they so yeah. again we're all born we seem to be born are we all born with different yeah it's a thing Nick. different voices different voices yeah we are born with different voices but then you know it's nature and nurture i mean the end result is your instrument whatever it is there are things that cannot be taught like oh, we all have a natural color to our voice we all have a natural pitch trying to mess with that and superimpose a different color or a different um pitch like to speak higher or lower than your voice would naturally sit like you'd probably be classified as a mezzo soprano i guess if you were singing because your voice is on relatively deep for a woman yeah so if you tried to sing or even talk constantly in soprano range like this eventually your yeah. voice would just give out because that's not really what your instrument is meant to do but then of course bad technique can really hamper that i mean fun fact before i went to drama school <laughs> I always thought, and people always thought, because I would sing in choirs and like that before, that I was a tenor, because my voice was um, quite nasal and quite high-pitched. Maybe I'm exaggerating a little bit right now, but I did kind of sound like that. And even in drama school in the beginning, um, some kids actually would make fun of me, because they'd be like, hey, I, hey, I'm Nick, I'm Nick. Like, they would hold their noses and imitate me, because that, that was doing an impression of Nick talking like that, because... Uh, I hadn't learned the technique yet. And because I suffered so badly from anxiety, especially social anxiety, you know, when people would be watching, I would not be breathing correctly. Everything would clamp down everything in my throat everywhere. So my voice was really unnatural. And then kind of halfway through term one or just at the end of term one of drama school, when everything sort of unlocked and freedom of voice just dropped and we're like, oh, baritone, <laughs> not even close to being like that voice that I had before. Yeah, my voice literally changed. It's not it, when I say I found my voice in drama school. I'm not being dramatic. Yeah. I actually found it because I didn't sound like this before drama school. So for those people who say, "Oh, I'm no good on video because I've got this really squeaky or really sort of scratching," my voice mm. is so weak or it just doesn't come across. So, like you say, what you don't do is suddenly decide you're going to be somebody else and take yeah. on that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like put, let's put on my John Wayne voice and uh, start <laughs> recording. Um, but what you can do is work on this breathing. So make yeah. sure, you know, you're not actually hampering. Um, mm. And then, yeah, what, what you are then left with is your, is your voice. So we're not going to try and pretend otherwise. Mm. So then what else, what would you advise to those people who are, weirded out about their voices oh well um well part of it is mental and i i know that i'm stickler for techniques so i tend to not get into the mental stuff all too much but there is a little bit of mental adjustment that needs to happen because a lot of people are like oh i hate seeing myself on video or i hate listening to myself and recording here's the thing what you sound like on recording is what you actually sound like <laughs> to other people the voice that you hear in your head when you talk is not what you actually sound like because your your voice reverberates through your skull when you're talking live so you hear it in a different way so a you need to make the adjustment that you're never ever gonna sound to other people or on recording the way that you sound to yourself it just is what it is the same way that you don't actually look in real life like you look in the mirror because when you look in the mirror there's kind of this feedback loop where your brain autocorrects 
so when people look at pictures, they're like, but it don't look like that. I'm like, well, well, here's the thing. You possibly don't look like that either because you look different to yourself in pictures and to other people, like, because the camera tends to hate most people. So almost everyone looks better in, in real life than they do on camera. But I'm, but I'm like, you don't look like either, actually. You don't look like you think you look in the mirror, but you don't look like you look in a picture <laughs> or in a video as well. So you just have to let that go. <clears throat> Sorry. You just have to let that go, the idea that you're ever going to sound exactly like you sound in your own head, because that's probably just going to stress you out mentally. And it's going to stress your voice as well. Because if you think, oh, well, when I talk, my voice sounds deeper or it sounds more booming and whatnot, and you're going to start pushing to, to give it the quality that you think it has, even though it actually doesn't. Well, that's one. And then two, uh, you touched on a good subject because we are all born with a different instrument. Like, for example, as much as we wish that we could just train correctly and long enough and we could sing like Mariah or Whitney, we cannot. Because <laughs> they had something that cannot be taught, it cannot be bought, it cannot be trained, it just is what it is. Did they have fantastic technical skill on top of their God-given instrument? Yes. They didn't, they didn't just coast on being born with a big voice. They really, you can see that the technique is there. But what, you know, the raw material that you're working with is not something you get to choose, unfortunately. Mm. So it's about bringing out the best of what your instrument can be rather than trying to make it into the next whatever, whatever, whatever. Does that make Abs sense? Yeah, it does make sense. And I think that's where things like, you know, warm body language and, mm. you know, natural smile, you being yourself, mm. um, having interesting things to say so that people, people are engaged. If you, I always tell people to, do a sort of swap places exercise and and mm. remember the times that you're watching somebody uh, do a ted talk they're they're always mm. good for examples and say well are you are you obsessed about their voice they've got quite a funny voice haven't they it's not really um, <laughs> well, no it was a fascinating talk mm. yeah 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 that's it and the same will happen with you, you know, yeah. they're only going to start picking around at your voice and with your hair and all the rest of it. If you're talking <laughs> boring. Yeah. Stuff. I mean, for your own sake, you should be using good technique so that you can rely on your voice. Yeah. Yeah. And also, obviously, if you have some limitations, like you said, weak. Yeah. I mean, if you're, if your voice can't project, and you're like, hi, I'm Nick. Yeah. Like if you're like that, unless you have a cold, then you have an issue. But other than that, wanting your voice to sound a certain way, he says, <clears throat> well, it clears his throat. Um, that is just not that productive. Yeah. Your instrument is your instrument. All you can do is just release it, basically. That would release. be one of the key things that we, we did. Release. Because, like, you release, yeah. you don't push, you don't pull, you release. And it's going to be whatever it's going to be. Right. Now, um, we've got a problem here because, again, uh, I knew this would happen. Obviously, we could talk for 300 years. Um, yeah. And um, I think you and I are going are gonna to cook up something special oh, for yeah. people, aren't we oh yes we are <laughs> listeners don't you worry um <laughs> oh, exciting um so i th is there one other thing mm. technique wise mm. or introvert wise or the two together yeah. that you that you can give our listeners before we wrap up yeah oh yeah Talk to the camera if you're doing video, because that's what people freak out about. You talk to your camera like you're talking to an old friend. That that should really relax you because people get in front of a camera and they start behaving so weirdly. It's like the effect. It's like as soon as they know that they're being watched, everything goes unnatural. They're like, Ugh. 
talk to the camera as if you'd be talking to an old friend, like do that visualization exercise. And if you can't go straight for that, that's fine. You can start talking, let's say to something um, humanoid, like a photo, a stuffed animal, before you actually get on the, slowly trick your brain into building that. But yet look into the camera, not, not nonstop like you're a stalker, but look into the camera sufficiently and talk to it like it's a person. Remember that just because you're talking via a device does not mean you're talking to a device. You're talking to human beings and they probably want to be talked to like human beings. They yeah. don't want to be talked to like, what am I, uh, an alien, a ghost, a, a robot, like Alexa, like who am I to you? Remember who your audience is and talk to them in the appropriate way. It's really, yeah, absolutely. And the difference, of course, with video and stage and all the rest of it. Mm. Oh my gosh, Nick, because mm. I was suddenly going to launch into talking about the fourth wall and everything there for a yeah. minute. And I thought, Trisha, stop. <laughs> okay. But leave people wanting more, which of course is yeah. a fabulous piece yeah. of advice, generally speaking, I would say. So, mm. So regrettably, we're going mm. to wrap up this episode, but That's this fine. is not the end of uh, this is not the end of you hearing from Nick. Uh, number one, he'll no doubt come back on another podcast. Number two, okay. Nick and I, are, are, as I say, cooking something up, which I think will just be, you know, uh, world-changing. World yes, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> no more charms of a wet potato out there. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, 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 no. So. Um, where do people uh how do people work with you where do they where do they get in touch yeah. with you well right now my, my new website is under construction so for the time being linkedin yeah so that would be um it should be just my name which is nick so n-i-c-k <laughs> dash <laughs> my surname <laughs> that's yeah. d-i-a-k-a m-a-s-t-a-s-i-s -S. yeah and it'll be on the cover of this podcast um and yeah. on the and the show notes and all that sort of malarkey so that's fine i'll link that um yeah. and do you work with people mainly one-to-one -one? do, you, do uh, you work online or in person or both uh both to be honest yeah. and yeah, yeah. mainly one-on-one -on -one, because usually yeah. people uh, they will come to me you know because yeah. they need that one-on-one -on -one tailor-made yeah. attention yeah. so you don't want to throw them in too deep i am thinking of doing a group at some point like a monthly group i don't want to call it a mastermind because i feel like this is an overused word I know. but for the time being i focus one-on-one -on because -one, i think yeah. that's how people get the most bang for their buck but they can be the quickest, anywhere yeah. in the world and work yeah. with you. Yeah, yeah they can I, make the I quickest progress if they got my undivided, <laughs> merciless attention. Fabulous. And and listeners, you would love that. I, just like I've loved this chat. And mm, um, okay, we will get on with the rest of our day. Um, I'm just really relieved that the, because we've got the builders in and um, yeah. I think it was quite quiet. I'm, yeah. I'm, I didn't I'm stuck anything. in the corner of my bedroom here, but we've got away <laughs> with it. We've got away with it. Um, yeah, thank you. And obviously we both thank are you. projecting beautifully. <laughs> yes, of course. Huh. Yeah. From the diaphragm. <laughs> From the diaphragm. So thank you very, very, very much, Nick. Thank I you so much for having me. Brilliant. Same. Yes! Take action. Try this one small step. So my tip is, is to breathe, <laughs> but follow Nick's advice and try some of this diaphragm style breathing because it becomes a habit. But for many, you don't know that you're not doing it. So, OK, put your hand on your stomach, stand straight, be aware that you're not getting your shoulders hunching up as you do this and be aware that as you breathe in, 
your stomach will go out. Very counterintuitive. So just slowly breathe in through your nose and feel your stomach go out because you're breathing from that diaphragm and then out through your mouth. And just try doing it about 10 times, not too quick. Don't get dizzy. Um, and make sure your shoulders aren't rising up and your stomach is going out because you're using your diaphragm. And if this becomes a habit, you will find a huge amount of difference in the way you can use your voice, the support you give it, and it also will make you feel just generally more connected with yourself as you speak. So it is way bigger than you think, this breathing malarkey. Give it a go until it becomes a habit. lot of fascinating stuff you might need some show notes so head over to trishalewis.com forward slash make it real podcast and subscribe because then you'll know when the next episode is available i give you permission to go out and be real and enjoy it look forward to the next episode Never be ready.